right now I'm going. <laughs> for a second All there, right. I was just like, for a second there, I was like, John, just let me talk. Let me get this out. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, no, you're, you need to stop. You're, you're you need not, to stop. It doesn't matter because no one's recording anything. No, you, yeah, this isn't being recorded. No, so yeah, so we got Natalie Portman who believes that she's not going to be, uh, you know, she'll make her return in Avengers Seven. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, if if the MCU is going to be fine without. Jane Foster, then I, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking it's a bigger deal. Probably just because I did watch, you know, the Dark World. Um, yeah, just a couple nights ago, and you know, I two of the more forgettable um, MCU movies. I, uh, I, yeah, I'm with you on that, dude. I, I mean, know. they're not terrible. They're not terrible. Uh, I really find myself much more interested when Loki and Odin are on screen, dude. No kidding. Uh, That's such yeah. a cool. Yeah, so so well cast, but you know Jane Foster was such a a huge part of the storyline, especially of the Dark World. That uh, it'd be interesting that if they don't bring her back, uh, you know they've stated that Ragnarok is going to take place, you know, on on the majority in outer space. Yeah, we know the we know the Hulk is going to be in there. Uh, don't necessarily know if they're going to be doing Planet Hulk or anything like that. I've How, uh, oh sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, so something on don't. That. Yeah, so don't know how he's going to get in in space. So that that'll be cool to to see how they uh, work that out. Uh, you know, we we didn't see Pepper Potts in Age of Ultron. We didn't right. see Foster in Age of Ultron. And so, it, just like Pepper exists still in the MCU, chances are, at least my thought is, we're probably not going to see yeah. her again unless there's an Iron Man four, which does not seem to. be. I don't think so. Does not seem to be on yeah. the horizon. Uh, and I mean, I guess she could still show up in, in mm -hmm. Avengers or, or in another, you know, um, as a cameo in any of the other MCU movies that take place on earth because those characters interact with each other, or she could show up on agents of shield or something like that as a guest spot. So, right. uh, I, I don't think that, you know, she's completely done with it. Uh, it sounds like Natalie Portman does, doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. And, and if that's the case, I mean, that's fine. She can go back to making art house films, um, and, you know, direct to Blu-ray awesome movies and okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. You know, that's, All right. Yeah, that's yeah. Sweet. Okay, I, that's you know, on you. Like, and and you know, I just don't know if that's for me with Jane Foster and like what she what she really represented to me. Um, while she represented a love interest, I felt like it was it was one of those. It's just a side Thor storyline that can be easily replaced, like with Ragnarok that's coming out. Like we can clearly have a movie without a love interest for 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 Thor. And I even if Siv kind of takes over that love interest, which is kind of more or less the it's, comet it, lady Siv. Yeah. Well, it, well, and it's hinted at. And, well, yeah, and, they're winking at each other. Come on. Well, and, and when she <laughs> sees, uh, uh, Jane in Asgard. Oh yeah. She gets all know, sorts of jelly. Yeah. She jelly town. That, yeah. She gives her that, that look, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, cause I mean, you yeah. know, Odin, you know, Odin even hints at it and, you know, Loki, um, you know, in that movie, he's got a great line where he refers to Asgardians as gods. And Odin corrects him. He says, you know, we are not gods. We are mortal. We live. We, we breathe. We die. Right. And, and I love Loki's response. He's all give or take five or 6,000 years, <laughs> True. you know? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Tom, Tom Hiddleston is Loki is just, I mean, it's one phenomenal. of the best, one of the best comic book villains on, on screen ever. Uh, if he's even truly a villain, it's, he's just kind of one of those wild cards. And so, uh, you know, you, 
yeah, you've got you got Siv looking at Thor, who we don't know how old Thor is. He could be eight hundred years old, nine hundred years old. But if we know that Asgardians live five, six thousand years, I according think he's pushing to pushing a good three k. Yeah, well, according to their <laughs> their calendar, it could be completely different. According to a, a, an Earth calendar, they yeah. could live ten, fifteen thousand years. So, but he doesn't look a day over like. 1500 you know what i mean he looks amazing he looks amazing yeah so uh yeah so we may be seeing uh the mcu going forward without uh natalie portman and yeah okay bye yeah i'm with you on that you said it right okay bye but i'm with you i don't know if it's like a big i don't know to me it was never a big to do but you know i I I know with with people who weren't excited about their own roles inside of the mcu you know jeremy renner was also on that bill of uh, what back in Avengers when Avengers first came out like the first thing yeah. that he he mm-hmm. kind of pulled a Jared Leto with oh, uh, being disappointed yeah. with how the movie came out shut up <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, yeah he came out and was like you know what I'm not really too happy about being Loki's you know uh, uh, you know stool pigeon or whatever and it's yeah. like you know what dude like Hawkeye it was Hawkeye all right it wasn't about Jeremy Renner it was about Hawkeye nope. being Hawkeye and mm-hmm. honestly that was one of the biggest pulls to save Hawkeye right yes. to make sure we were saving Hawkeye so in terms of Hawkeye and the Avengers played a pretty darn big part at least in the story and how you felt about it yeah well, you didn't get to run around every single scene with you know hanging on to Iron Man's heel but dude you had a pretty huge part in the in the thing but he has come back and said I he has come out recently and actually said that he kind of regretted uh, saying that and he was like you know I love this role I love the series I'm all in um, but again you know, back then it was kind of like, dude, you know, just calm, calm your arrows. <laughs> well, I would imagine that probably some of that attitude adjustment came from, you know, those Disney executives who just kind of sit down with a pen and a piece of paper <laughs> and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. um, hmm. so you want out. All right. I've got a number here. <laughs> yeah. We got a number. We're looking at this right here and we've got, let's see. I mean, uh, uh, Frank, I mean, how many people do you have on your short list to replace Mr. Renner here? Oh, uh, we have, oh. Uh, we have about seven, seven people oh. ready to go. That's interesting. Cause I have 12. Um, <laughs> Mr. Renner, uh, would you like to continue, uh, making money or would you like to play smaller roles in ensemble films with Ben Affleck? Um, uh, sticking really- with the MCU. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Renner for coming in. I really, Next. really, I really want to make money. Yeah, I really, I really like money. Well, you know, and, he, and Hawkeye played a, a a great role in Age of Ultron, and, and played a great role in Civil War, a very pivotal character in Civil Heck War. Yeah, he, he's um, awesome. yeah. So, yeah, glad to hear he kind kind of came around. That being said, if he wants to continue to kind of needle a little <laughs> bit um, later, dude. Okay. I mean, if they can recast Edward Norton, they're going to recast Jeremy Renner. All right, just remember that. Yeah, just or, remember that. Next time, baby. Yeah. Tony. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> my friend and mentor, Tony Stark. <laughs> Dude, I really, I can't wait to rip apart Iron Man 1 one day. Like, that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, it will be. All right, uh, man. Let's, let's move to the meat of this. Dude, you know what? I do have to mention something. Um, okay. Before we get to the, we get to the meaty meat of uh, the meat. Give us I, some, give us some, a side dish of potatoes. Well, I, I wish it was, it's rotten potatoes, but it's potatoes nonetheless, I guess. Um, I found out that DC has a third universe in the works on TV. And I don't know if you've heard of this or not. It's the powerless. I don't know. It's a, 
dude, I, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just have to, I have to say something about it. Cause how many well, times it's gotta are be we going to, man, it's gotta be said, but anyway, so Alan Tudyk, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Tudyk. All right. mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Well, he played in Firefly. Like he was the pilot, I think. What? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He's the villain. Okay. In this TV series. Um, and you have Vanessa Hudgens, Danny Pudi from Community, and then Ron Funches, who's a comedian. Um, God they bless it. What are do, they doing? <laughs> well, they're doing, it's called Powerless is the series. And it's essentially, it's like a, a, an up close look at everyone else's role while superheroes are flying around. So it's a sitcom based, oh <laughs> based in the world where Superman's flying above, but it's a sitcom. And it's a DC. It's not related to even the Flash or Supergirl or anything else. It's this whole other thing. And I... Yeah, man. I don't know. Makes me sad on the inside. I had... I, this is the first I've heard of this. <laughs> really? I wish oh. I, yeah, I, I wish I hadn't heard of it. I mean, this is... <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's legitimately I stupid. Get it, dude. I yeah, just, that's I don't legitimate. Know. I don't get it. That's legitimately stupid. That's um, yeah. I I I don't I don't see that project getting off the ground. I don't. There's got to be there's got to be Man. a voice of reason somewhere who goes no. No, well, you know that Wonder Woman from 2011. Did you end they up watching that pilot? No, no, no. Oh, you wow. you talked me out of it, dude. I I would uh, I fast forwarded Wonder, through it. Wonder but. Wonder Woman with pants on. <laughs> She's got, like she kept doing the pose, like the hands yeah. of the fist on the hips pose. The Wonder yeah, Woman like, and something like, like all Linda, the photos, like like Linda Carter. It was honestly like Linda Carter. Wonder They're just Woman. like retrying to do Lin, like Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, and I'm like, and she's got this boss that's a dude, and I'm like, there is no way. Like who no. is? I don't know who this person is, but it's not Wonder Woman. Diana Prince does not take does not take orders from from a man from any from a man from no a way. man she don't need no man yeah I'm uh that that project sounds absolutely ridiculous and I I I'm gonna hold out hope that that just does not get off the ground so that, seriously that's I mean, that's right up there. That's right up there with this. You know, we'll give a little bit of this, this whole Supergirl. Um, oh, that's exactly. He's great Arrow, segue, John. Because Super, exactly Supergirl Flash musical. Musical. Um, like, yeah. Episode. When you told me that, that Kevin Smith and Joss Whedon were allegedly going to be involved in this and I answered you back. It's like, well, of course they are. Uh, I mean, why else wouldn't they be? Uh, you know. Um, Kevin Smith. Let me say this. Kevin Smith directed an episode of the flash that was absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Kevin Smith, just like Joss Whedon is a nerd, is a comic book guy. He, you know, uh, Kevin Smith, he wrote for Marvel for a long time, uh, wrote, uh, daredevil for a while, uh, was in daredevil. Um, a lot of people forget that he was actually in daredevil, the, the daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. Um, I can't remember if he gets any writing credit for that movie. He may not want to take any credit for it, but, uh, (laughs) he was, he was in it because he is a daredevil fan. That's like one of, he, he's a Batman fan. Number one. I mean, this guy loves Batman. Uh, he's also a huge fan of daredevil. And so, um, yeah, you know, 
Whatever. I mean, if they if if they want to, you know, if they want to do a musical, you know, that's okay. It it's it just reinforces my opinion that yeah. it's it's dog food TV and it's uh I guess I'm just not surprised that when you when you start to dilute the the product and yeah. uh this this is when you when you start getting really cute and yeah. and um so whatever. Yeah. I, when I looked at it, I, you good know, luck, I good to, luck with it. <laughs> I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, good luck. Come to find out, like apparently some of the guys on flash was like in glee. And and like when I brought this up around another group of friends, they were just like, well, I know Grant Gustin guy. He's a really great singer. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And they said, and some of the things was, was involved with glee. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. And, and they said, well, you know what now? Kind of like that was supposed to answer the question. I said, it's the flash singing. Like yeah. that doesn't happen. Like, I don't know what no. you're talking about. I don't care that they're good singers. No, I that, care about the a point. good storyline. And that a musical episode is just about, I don't know. It's dorky, I think. And that's saying that's coming from someone who watches almost nothing but Marvel movies and comic book movies and everything else. But that, I don't know. I can't, yeah, I, I can't it, do it. It's, it's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, so again, I mean, good luck. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not going to convince me to watch it. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Good, yeah. Good news, I guess, to kind of wash all that out is the tick is coming back to, is like coming back. <laughs> yeah. As, uh, on uh, Amazon. Hulu. Oh, Amazon. That's yeah. Right. Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. That should be interesting. That should be funny. At least. I think. But who knows? A bore. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, dude, okay. So uh, I loved this idea when you texted me this, and we started this conversation around a movie. Do we want to say that movie, or, or is that inside of it? No, okay. no, we're not going to. No, I'm not talking about it right now. <laughs> All right. It'll, ha- it'll happen it'll here happen in a few minutes. It'll happen yeah. here in a few minutes, but I'm not naturally. talking about it right now. No. Well, we started talking. I mean, you brought this up. You, you told me that it's, you know, you're, you're watching this film and you're saying this I am, yes. is a quintessential movie. And mm-hmm. I couldn't help, honestly, but agree. Um, but it, it spurred the the topic for today of Ryan and I's, yeah. uh, and and we don't him and I have not we have not shared what our what these lists are our, our personal. And what I love about lists like this is everyone everyone loves lists, right? Everyone loves right. You know, watch Mojo and and. I'll, oh yeah, right. This is our BuzzFeed BuzzFeed moment. top ten and top five. So Ryan and yeah, John so BuzzFeed. These are yeah, these five. are our personal five favorite uh, comic book movies, and um, we're gonna start with five, and then we'll both end on one. Be interesting. And, and him okay. and I have not shared. He does not know what my list looks like. I don't know what his list looks like, though. I'm sure we both have an idea, and I'm sure there's gonna be at least one or two. Uh, in our five, they're going to be similar. I would be shocked if there might be. I'd be shocked yeah. if all five were exactly the same. Uh, and so, basically, what I'm looking for, what I thought about with this is um, when I think of my my top five comic book movies, and there's a lot of outstanding comic book movies where mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that movie is based on a comic book. I'm going to use an example. It's not on my list, but uh, I'm going to use an example of of one that a lot of people don't realize uh, was based on a book, 
a comic, and I just escaped my mind. I cannot believe it. It's the movie. Well, it's, it's okay because it might it be might on my be list. on yours, but uh, it starred Tom <laughs> Hanks. Um, Road to Perdition. Okay, yeah, wasn't on my list. Good deal. Um, was a was a graphic novel. Uh, it's not a it's not a superhero yeah. movie. It's not you know uh, take takes place in a fantastical world of superpowers and magic and myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's based on a comic book. It's based on a graphic novel. Yeah, graphic novel. Yeah. And so what I, what I thought of with uh, my five is there are a ton of just awesome comic book movies that range anywhere from superhero to drama to the absurd uh, to the hyper-violent to the absolute cartoonish. And they're, they're all mm-hmm. good depending on what the source material mm-hmm. is. What I was looking for with mine what movies to me felt like the comic book just came to life and I'm now okay. inside a comic book that has come to life and, and I'm immersed okay. in it. So that that's where my, and, and also along with that was just when it, when that movie was over and done, just going, wow, that was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, so that mm-hmm. was the criteria that I used for mine. Okay. I don't know what you used. Give me, let yeah, me give you. What, what was yours? Yeah. My criteria more or less revolved around, and this is why my list is going to, uh, I hate this list, by the way. Because you have, cause you have Howard the Duck, number one. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> No, I just hate making a list. It's I guess, tough, man. Is, is the whole thing. It's it's defining, and I and it's just like this is in stone now. This mm-hmm. is oh yeah, man. Now that I have to live with yeah. this list. My my number two um, and number but, three flip flopped around a couple times this week. Dude, I've I'm still I'm still looking at nine movies right now. We're okay, not so doing nine. I'm not doing nine, but I have to figure this out as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've been you texted. How, when did you text me this? Uh, Wednesday. Tuesday? Oh, yeah, a few days ago. It's Friday. Yeah, it was a few days ago. And I'm still like, I'm. This is well, well, and I threw you a curveball too. I was like, no animation in there either. And I that came to my mind last night. I'm like, because he's gonna throw you and I see very differently on the animated <laughs> comic book movies. That's the thing, and that's what kind of upset me, John. Uh, I'm, I'm not sorry. Lie, I was just like, this is my list, I'm not sorry. your list. I'm sorry. We can. <laughs> so that being we can said, still, we can the, still do a the, top five <laughs> animated because there, there are some. Okay. There are some All that right. I do like. I don't. They're not okay. my kryptonite. They're they're just not my like go to because I got because they just, all right we'll do they, another they, list they, they they tend not to uh, they tend to tell the same story over and over and I'm just like you know stop it <laughs> um but that that's just me um but no okay. we can definitely do but yeah. let me tell you yeah so I uh but anyway the getting because I can't wrap up a conversation in any form or capacity the what I used in, for my kind of inspiration or like why I made this list was wrapped up in when I was younger. Like a lot of this was when I, movies that I haven't seen in a while. Okay. But that started the path for me that really kind of pushed me forward into like wanting to read the comics after I saw those Okay, movies. yeah, that's fair. And like wanting yeah, to... Absolutely. And then like that's what kind of got, got me going on just reading comics all by the, all alone. Just reading the comics and just getting into that whole universe and getting into that world. So a lot of mine are, I th- you know, uh, spoiler for me, mine are, mine are superhero stories, but 
they for me this is what that list was for me to that started me into this and kept me going absolutely yeah. so when i think of a top five these are the ones that got me in and kept i me love in. it dude I'm going to let you go. So I'm going to let you go. go first. What's your, so let's do this. Uh, you give me your number five. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about it. Then I'll give you my number five. We'll chat and then we'll just kind of work our way to one. Okay. I'll give you my number five. It's the, it's the movie I have not seen in the longest amount of time. Um, but my number five is the Rocketeer. Oh, okay. Tell yeah. me why. Uh, I remember seeing the movie, I remember watching this movie as a kid. And the first thing I think I did when I got home was like made a cardboard rocket, like <laughs> cardboard, like rocket okay. pack and, you know, fighting the Nazis and, mm-hmm. and in world war two and all that cool leather and brass yeah. that that helmet was made out of and the brass kind of, of steam, the, kind of, of steampunk before steampunk. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Like the style. Yeah, totally. The the finger gloves. I loved the whole look. I I you know, and it's just one of those movies that like hit me and I said, you know what, this is this is cool. This is a, this is a cool superhero movie. And it really I mean, he wasn't really a superhero no. because I mean in terms of like does he have powers? He's a kind of Iron Man he's a vigilante. Iron Man type of thing. Iron Man kind yeah. of thing, yeah. And so that's what that's my starter. Nice, dude. Um, that was the first movie I that was the first movie I really wrote down when we started. Yeah, that's cool, about yeah, this. man. Like, I, th- that's one I haven't seen in a while either. Um, I I think I, I yeah I haven't seen it in a long time, but that stuck with me. It just stuck with me. Yeah, for that I remember long. seeing that uh, in the theater. Um, man, dude, I can't remember how old I was when when that came out. Um, yeah, uh, Disney film. Uh, you know, never never saw mm-hmm. a sequel. Um, don't necessarily know if it needs a sequel. Um, it's it might i think it's getting oh really one. uh 20 2018 is the rumor that may have been long washed but 2018 is interesting a rumor. A reboot or sequel <laughs> you know what at this they point they want to just reboot that one yeah. <laughs> it's a story yeah. you can tell again I'm well sure. you know and it's a it's a fun story it's it's lighthearted, uh but yet you know still yeah. has engaging action it it doesn't feel like a um quote unquote disney film for the time, right? Because right. a lot of live live action Disney films in, in that era, which I want to say was like in ninety five or ninety six. I don't know. We could we could look that up. It was uh, ninety one. Oh, wow, we boy. Okay, so ninety one. Um, so yeah, a lot of uh, you know Disney films in that decade tended to be a little bit cheesy, a little bit corny. Um, you know, and, and the Rocketeer has that, but not in a like groaning, like, Oh brother, you know, type of, type of thing. And and it's the, you know, the classic, um, you know, kind of fish out of water type of guy. He stumbles across this suit and he's trying to figure out how to use it. He's got the key. I remember the yeah. barn scene. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of those scenes that always yeah. stuck with me is him like crashing in and out of that yeah. barn. He couldn't because he's trying to figure out how to turn that. It's just like that scene in mm-hmm. Iron Man. Oh yeah, he's man, starting to yeah, work man. it out, Iron- and he slams himself into the in, into Iron the wall. Man. Definitely took some cues from uh, from the Rocketeer, oh, sure. you know? and of course he gets the beautiful girl in the end, and um, Jennifer yeah. Connelly. Yeah, dude, that's a good one. I like that one. The Rocketeer, the Rocketeer. Okay, it's it. I didn't think about it for a long time, but it's like I said, it's it's stuck with me, and it had to mean something if it's. It's stuck around for this long in my that's, head. That's cool. Okay, man. So my number five uh, is one that's a, uh, quite a bit more recent than the Rocketeer, uh, and that's three hundred. 
is is my yeah. is my comes in at my number <laughs> five. Uh, that is a a movie again that a lot of people didn't realize uh, outside of you know comic book nerdery uh, that that was a mm-hmm. Frank Miller uh, graphic novel. Oh yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a great snacks, uh, Zack Snyder. Direction it's too. a fantastic Zack Snyder movie. And so, you know, it's, it's a, you know, for those who aren't familiar with 300, if you're listening to this show, um, you know, it's, it's the true tale of the 300 Spartans who did not defeat the Persian army, but, um, held them back, uh, for right. a significant portion of time. None of them survived. Uh, it is a historical event. Uh, you know, King Leonidas was a historical person. The 300 Spartans right. were, were historical. Uh, the, the Spartans were the Marines of the time. They were the baddest of the A's. I mean, these guys were, were, <laughs> were legit. Yeah. And what, you know, Frank Miller did is he took that historical account and, um, the way the the account is told is the historical accounts is told very metaphorically in that, you know, Xerxes army is uh, demonic and evil and vicious and huge. Right, yeah. And Frank Miller just ran with that and made the the Persian army you know, fueled by black magic and fueled by the evil gods. And Xerxes is this larger than life, uh, person who is born of, you know, just without, we want to keep the show PG of course, but you know, just kind of born of like just twisted sexuality and, and just like every, yeah. anything, it, the images, everything that could yeah. be debauched was debauched. Right. Yeah. And so, and, yeah. and because of his nature, it spawns an army that is, um, you know, powered by evil and dark in nature. Mm-hmm. And the, and if you've, and if you've read, uh, the graphic novel 300, um, if you haven't get it, it's, it, it is a comic <laughs> book come to life. And then you, you know, you throw in that Snyder freeze frame, quick cut, um, slow motion, slow motion all the yeah. slow motion. That was the biggest piece. Yeah. Right? The slow motion direction uh, was and, so cool. Uh, obviously Gerard Butler is, is Leonidas. Um, dude, if, yeah, if Perfect. you're not fired up to go like whip some tail after watching that movie, uh, the sequel does not, <laughs> the sequel does not make my top five list. Uh, um, but, but yeah, I, I watched it. I, 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 I it's, it's a, not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's not okay. bad. Again, that is, is based on an unpublished, uh, graphic novel that was simply called, oh, simply okay. called Zero that eventually made its way into uh, publication after that. But yeah, my number five is, is 300. That's, that is a, I wow. feel like I am in, again, it's, I watch that and yeah, the action is great. You know, everyone is sexy in that movie. Everybody, <laughs> everybody is sexy. Um, Gerard Butler, sex. The definition on everyone's stomachs yeah. is absolutely uh, yeah. Um, You know, <laughs> Gerard Butler is sexy. Michael Fassbender is sexy. Lena Haiti is sexy. Everyone's sexy in that movie. Um, it, it's just such an awesome comic book yeah. movie. Um, that, that yeah, yeah, 300 is my number five. That's cool, man. That's a good, I, I liked that a lot. That's the, I just remember the, um, because the movie had a comic book look mm-hmm. to it. Yep. Like the colors were so saturated. saturated that everything was and, just, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's great. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I got away from my mic. I'm sorry. I'm reaching up for something. Um, yeah, yeah I, th- that's just a, again, it, it's yes, it is kind of be a little bit meatheaded at times. Um, yeah. but it is a, it's a comic book movie come to life, but com- you want a comic. Yeah. You said it right. Comic book come to life. Uh, cool. Number yeah, four, number four. What do you got, dude? Uh, 
Here's where I have to kind of. I know, man. This is. Might might let's start start doing this. Mine, list. mine are locked in, dude. Like I said, my two and three flip flop during the course of the couple of days, but mine are are locked in, dude. Give okay. me your number four. It's uh, forever. It's forever right. on the internet, man. It's now it's yeah, on the dude, internet. Now you're gonna be held thing. to it forever. You know what? It's my list, and I should be proud. You of You should it, be though, right? absolutely. You know what? It's you know it's the movies that I like. It's not the movies no, that else. It's likes. your own personal list. Movies yeah. that I like. Anyway, um, the my, I guess my number four would be Dread. Oh, and it's I, the remake with I, Carl dude, Urban. That one I sp- I'm writing these down too, uh, dude. I thought <laughs> about that one for a long, long time. That, that one it, it I didn't. It can't stop rewatching. It didn't it. make my list, but I'll tell you what, it's one I agonized over because that yeah Good. that was well, awesome. Dude, I tell you, I, it's one of those movies that uh, I, you know, I watched the first Judge Dredd with Stallone. It's okay. It's okay. Um, it just, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to go nuts over because there's nothing to really no, go nuts you know, over. You know what's interesting to that, though, is, did you, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize this about Judge, not Dredd, but Judge Dredd with Stallone, right. is he did not want to take the helmet off. It was, Stallone? Yeah, the studio pushed for the helmet to come off. Well, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, and he and he fought it. He's like, you know, you know that um, <laughs> that you know, Dread doesn't take his helmet off. Yeah, yeah, not at all. So, um, I, I don't think that Stallone's performance as Judge Dread was bad. It's kind of like one of those Green Lantern things, you know, where it's like, yeah, could have been so good, but well, but ended yeah, up being so bad, good. right? And that's the sad thing about Dread, um, is that looking at everything kind of on like box office mojo, uh, you know, production budget was $50 million total worldwide gross sales is $35 million. It it did not make its money. It flopped. It It flopped. And, um, regardless of the flop, regardless of that, I just still, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with it. I really like it. It's a movie that, uh, represents to me exactly, you know, the, the dread thing. And I loved all the, the, uh, the special effects. I loved the slow-mo. I loved the effects that they put on with that. And it was violent. Um, I don't know, man. And it, it was, was violent. Oh man, super. It was ultra it was violent, violent, which, which a dread movie <laughs> yeah. should be violent. You know, yep. uh, again, another movie that has Lena Headey in it. You know, she was in 300 and she was also mama in dread. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, Comic fans also know her as, uh, you know, Game of Thrones, of course. But yeah, man, dude, mm-hmm. that's a good pick. Um, it, it's one that I I sat and thought a lot about. Um, you know, I mean, I can't. It's yeah. Carl Urban's uh, portrayal as Dread was fantastic. Uh, the yeah. being able to emote with half your face covered is difficult. It's right. difficult. <laughs> uh, you know, Affleck yeah. was able to do it as Batman because you could still see his eyes. Uh, that doesn't count. Yeah, and and that's why I feel that you know Affleck was. Was a little bit lit, just a touch better than Bale is he emoted a little bit more behind the cow um, or mm-hmm. Carl in, in, but of course Christian Bale was still fantastic there's no question um, the way that Carl Urban was able to emote literally having half of his face covered up and just that that you know that cl- I can't do it but just that clenched dread jaw mm-hmm. just like yeah. talking through his teeth you know um, yeah. that is a cool movie it is too bad that yeah. it it I don't timing is everything with these kind of what I like to refer to as fringe comic movies. 300 can be put in that category along with dread that, you know, 300 just happened to just 
timing was everything with that one and it right. was marketed yeah. well it was in and it was a bagonzo super hit dread should have been a bagonzo super hit as well too uh it it yeah. wasn't and it's too bad i think it's on netflix it kind of comes and goes uh on netflix yeah. Uh, it's still worth the rental. And I would say, man, even if you see it on like Blu-ray or, or digital HD for sale, pick it up. It's, it's a good one to have in the library as a keeper. Absolutely. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I agree. I can, it's one of those movies. I just, I, I like to rewatch it. It's one of those, I don't know why just kind of just I don't know, in the mood for, in the mood for judge dread. And when I get in the mood for judge dread, I just watch. Well, dread. and yeah, and you know, the Carl and there Urban. was uh, you know, there was talk for a while that, uh, a, a potential, um, sequel and yeah. um not with that money though they're not gonna do it yeah off that. it would it would be a tall order um so unfortunately we, we probably won't get to see dread on the big screen again which is too bad because yeah. carl urban's portrayal was i mean just like his mccoy i think has been phenomenal um his his portrayal of dread was was pretty rocking uh, yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was great, actually. It made my number four. Cool. So all right, man. Go. My number four uh, is part of a trilogy that unfortunately ended very, very poorly. Uh, started off good. Mm-hmm. Middle part was outstanding. And then just, you know, an Olympic size belly flop uh, with, <laughs> with, the, with the third one. Uh, my number four is Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man okay. 2. Uh, I absolutely love uh, the way Spider-Man is portrayed in that movie. Alfred Molina as uh, Doc Ock. What a pick for Doc Ock, um, man. What a guy yeah, for Dr. Octopus. Um, he was, he was great. absolutely fantastic. Uh, they one villain. He wasn't taking on an army of villains uh, in Spider-Man right, 2. And in my opinion... It had focus. It had, That's what yeah, the other thing. It had laser it focus had, inside that one movie. It, it treated... You had the emotional drama of being Spider-Man. Yep. Right? And then that getting to him, obviously. And then you all you needed was one more villain to push him yep, over the edge. Yep. And... What a what a great what a great portrayal! And you know it it portrayed Spider Man accurately as a scientist, as a as a thinker, as a mm-hmm. genius. Um, has probably one of the most iconic uh, scenes ever, in my opinion, in the comic book movie, the train scene where he stops the runaway train um, from mm-hmm. careening off of the, off of the tracks after you know Doc Ock has uh, sent it. Um, kind of yeah. careening and, and, you know, uh, say what you will about Toby Maguire. Was he the best Peter Parker? Well, based off the two big screen iterations, well, we've seen three now, but we don't know. We haven't seen enough of, of the new Spider-Man yeah. to really formulate a, a full conclusion, but you know, between him and Andrew Garfield, I think Toby Maguire has taken his share of lumps. Um, yeah. Kind of hard. Which I think unfairly, well, but when you're, I really liked, I really liked Andrew Garfield's he, portrayal yeah, of Peter yes. Parker and yeah, Spider-Man. I agree. I, liked, I agree. I really liked it. I didn't have any problems with it. I liked it more than Tobey Maguire's portrayal of, of both roles, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But, um, and I know why, you know, obviously they got to can it because they can, had to figure out how to fit that in with yeah. the new buyout, which I'm much more of a fan of the new, new, you know, merging of Sony and Marvel and at least well, in the Spider-Man. Well, they're going to get, they're going to get Spider-Man back in the hands of the people who know how to use him. So exactly. Uh, but I mean, I really liked Andrew Garfield. And I, 
I, you know, people had a problem with it for whatever reason. I well, don't know, I think but. they were both, unfortunately, uh, the, the victims of just a bad script. That being said though, yeah. uh, and I'm talking specifically Spider-Man three and amazing Spider-Man two. Uh, but yeah. in Spider-Man two, that, that scene with the train and he's exhausted, he's passed out. That, that is the sacrifice of a superhero that I don't yeah. feel that we saw again until, you know, the MCU started, started kind of kicking into gear. Um, yeah. I hear and you. so, uh, I, I, there's just very little that I watched in Spider-Man two where I'm like, this, this really stinks. Um, again, Alfred Molina, his doc, Ock, uh, a sympathetic villain, you you understand well barely barely a villain. yeah you barely and, a villain. and you know how he helps you know and he knows who spider-man is by the end of the movie and what i love about it is doc ock was not portrayed as a cartoon uh green goblin looked like a power rangers reject in the first one. Oh, like in the new one or, or in the, spider-man wait, or in the first Oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe. Uh, yeah. You know, Venom in Spider-Man 3 looked silly, you know, and then Dave Franco's, or excuse me, James Franco's. James Franco. Uh, you know, his, yeah, it just, we we could destroy the Spider-Man 3 until the end of time. Easily. But yeah, but Spider-Man 2, <laughs> it, it just, uh, again, seeing where Marvel's going to take uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, in my opinion, Spider-Man 2 threw me into a Spider-Man comic and so far in mm-hmm. my opinion it has been the best uh version of spider-man on on film that i've seen okay so yeah. f- to this cool, point man. spider-man 2 dude i you know I, li- I like that movie a lot the those are man i just and, can think about i'm just thinking yeah about and it. you, just, you it, don't I, I go to those and you don't need to watch the first on an audio yeah <laughs> and you don't need to watch the first one or the third one you can watch spider-man 2 as a standalone film and you're you're just mm-hmm. fine you're just you're, fine you get it yeah you can fill. we all you, seen the yep, origin story fill about 400 yep, times you can fill it. in the gaps which thank god they're not doing in homecoming right oh so. jiminy christmas <laughs> jiminy christmas couldn't handle indeed. another origin story it's like yes radioactive spider yes we get it <laughs> all right man what do you it's just one collective yeah, groan. I know. all right dude what do you got for your number three uh god grief number three which is because number one i've got to think about my number one pick okay and that's gonna stay the same right. so I've got two more movies, really, that I've got to, I've got to figure more, out. Two more, dude. You should have written these down, dude. Mine were, mine were locked in. I might, oh, I have them all oh, written okay. down. I have right. them written down. They're, they're just in a pile. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm just... I'm like, Get your poop in a group. <laughs> I want to no hear this number three. What is it? All right. My number three is, uh, again, a, uh, a little bit from the past, um, but my number three is The Crow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Boy, how did I forget about that one? Oh, man. Crap on a stick. <laughs> my number That's three good is one. the crow oh how did i forget that one i'm still satisfied with my five but i, I know oh yeah, dude that's a good one that's a good one that isn't it though it's such a throw good away movie. all those bonehead sequels um just don't oh just yeah don't. of course yeah don't, don't. even brandon lee 100 percent. Oh, wow dude the son of bruce lee dude which is I, one, I feel one like of I've the reasons my, why i watched I that like movie I've, i was such I've a done my list of disservice man 
That should, that oh, should have no. been an honorable mention. Though I'll make the crow an honorable mention for me. That'll be an honorable mention. Okay. Well, I have a few. Honorable I do have. Mentions I do have myself, a few so as well. Good. We'll hit the honorable mentions yeah. as well. Okay. All right. Cool. So uh, let's talk um, about the crow here real quick. Oh man. So, but of course, Brandon Lee and I. I was a uh, big into karate as a kid. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't, a lot of kids are, but uh, I really got into karate and I really got into Bruce Lee. Of course, you know, kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and I for whatever reason, as a kid, I was always fascinated at how he died at such an early age um, and how he was killed. And I shot on set. It was, you know, with, with Bruce, I thought it was just something that just was fell apart. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. And then I found out he, his son shot on the set, man was, was an actor like, and he did this crow movie. And I tell you, when I think about movies that had started, you know, I already talked about rocketeer, which kind of is like, is like the the Marvel universe that I can think of right now. It's fun. It's light. It's got it's got some heavy action. It's cool. Mm. And then the Crow is like my DC kind of beginnings, which I know it's no, not DC. No, I think it was um, Dark yeah, Blade. Yeah, it's an independent book. James James Obar is the creator. James of, Obar. I can't remember who did the. Why am I saying Dark Blade? No, that's stupid. No. That's, that's something else. The, 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 the Crow has been on a few different uh, independent publishers, but uh, he's yeah he's yeah, never he's never yeah. been a part of DC or Marvel or. I thought it was. I know it wasn't DC at all, but it was just like that's the theming that I kind of feel. Yeah. It's dark. It's gritty. Mm-hmm. Um it's 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 sulky like it's just that kind of movie and i remember thinking wow this is brandon lee you know my draw to it was the lee family Cal- and then finding out that he he got shot on set by a defective blank mm-hmm. or what they call a defective yep. blank if you want to buy into conspiracy theories it's taking out the lee family for bringing uh karate and and the eastern world to the western yeah. world but um caliber comics by the way wow. is who published caliber yeah Independ- yeah, independent, independent publishers. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but I don't. It's just one of those movies that always stuck with me. When I think about top five, uh, the crow's in there. It's got to be. Well, in there. I, you know, you talk about uh, you know people who embodied uh, the character in which they played, and 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 pouring everything that they have uh, into this character. Um, if you have ever read the Crow comics, um, the Crow is definitely a a movie that that puts you into the comic um it's yeah it, it's filmed in color but might as well have been black and white i mean you yeah, know it was super yeah. dark I and mean, it was you had it was high contrast moments for yeah. sure it was a lot of a lot of dark a lot of you know the poster you look mm-hmm. at the poster itself two black bars running down the side with a white bar in the middle yeah. and then brandon lee walking yeah. toward you like, and the Contrast, yeah, and man. he it was he's such a uh, the crow is such an interesting character, and 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 Brandon Lee really uh, threw himself into that no no pun intended threw himself into that that role, and and yeah. and he he wanted to bring that character to life, and uh, sadly wasn't able to finish the movie. A lot of a lot of scenes in that movie are, are CGI in his face, you know imposed over yeah. over his stun double and and they did a really good job and and very respectful you know without it being yeah, without it so. looking corny but there are a couple times where you're like, hmm, I don't think that's him. Uh, <laughs> and it's yeah, not. And, and it's so not. You're uh, right. <laughs> and the, but that's okay. Uh, you know, you feel his pain when... Great scene in that movie, um, again, because we're a PG-rated show, we're not going to quote lines from The Crow um, without, <laughs> yeah. without self-imposed beeps. Um, 
but uh, he encounters, uh, you know, as he's picking off the gang one by one, uh, the the one who um, talks a, a little too dirty about what he did to his girlfriend. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, they put this amazing effect on his voice. Um, you know, he he pushes him up against the wall and he and, you know, he goes, I can't remember the exact words, either tell me or her name was Shelly or something like that. And they just put this like quick effect that shows you he is otherworldly and then he then he's like back into into like you know reality and i can't remember if it's like you know tell me or something like that and it's and and, and when he says it the other actor's reaction i I can just imagine the director saying okay we're going to put an effect right here that's like he's drawing on this supernatural energy that this crow is giving him whether it's coming from the crow some people have said it comes from the devil you know wherever it happens to be coming from it's going to be enough to where you realize you're not this isn't the man you murdered. This is his, his his possessed corpse really is what it is, you know? And I think it's really, I love the effects on that because I remember it, you know, we think about superhero movies now and we think about comic movies now and like how many times are we going to see their full fledged power essentially from the start to finish? Usually not right away. Like you, well, even in like Age of uh, what Age of Ultron, the the intro to Age of Ultron is all the comic book heroes full. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, right I see gate, what you're saying. Right? I see what you're saying. That's yeah, what I yeah. mean. You see their powers yeah. essentially from mm-hmm. the start to finish, yeah. um, and I think that's what's really interesting. Or even when they when they embody the superhero form, you see pretty much everything that they can do. Um, and I think with uh, with the crow, we never got we never got like a full. Like we never saw, we know we didn't see the crow at its full potential. No, no. Like we never saw it at full no, strength. He, and I think that's, what's always awesome about movies like that is like, no, the, you, there's something left. And it's like, he didn't even have to go all the way to take out these dudes. He had to, you know, he obviously accessed, you know, some supernatural stuff there, but he didn't have to full on. Yeah. Go, he wasn't, you know, you know, pulling a spawn where he's like, you know, blasting right, them with yeah. necro power and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, dude. So, uh, my number three, uh, is, uh, Marvel's the Avengers is my number nice. three. Um, that is, you know, the, obviously the culmination of, we don't really have to go into the story. I think everyone knows the story of the Avengers. Um, <laughs> but you know, that is the, the first time we have seen any, any superheroes come together purposefully, yeah. specifically, uh, for a shared universe and you know when i say sitting through not in a bad way like we just oh my god we had to sit through all these movies but like you know (laughs) you know sitting through iron man and then the incredible hulk and then iron man 2 and then the first avenger and thor thor uh you know and and we're building and we're building and we're getting the end of credit scenes and we're getting the easter eggs and all these different movies and then to see them on screen together for the first time uh the the battle of new york um i can watch that part of that movie and be satisfied every time uh joss whedon captured the comic book in the battle of New York, when that camera pans from the Hulk and Thor on top of the Chitari super, uh, monster ship, and then pans over to Hawkeye 
picking guys off on the roof and then goes it then yeah. goes down to Black Widow just you know open up a, a six pack of whoop on everybody and then to uh, you know Cap is about ready to get hit from behind Iron Man blasts one of the Chitauri uh, off of off of Cap's back he lands um, and then Cap throws up the shield I get chills talking about this Iron Man hits oh, him dude. with Iron Man hits yeah. him with the hard repulsor beam and it and it you know off the shield off the shield it's like you just put me into a comic book panel and, the fly and I up and, to and, yep, Hawkeye. Yep. And then, and then the pan over from Hawkeye to Thor and Hulk and back again on it's, top of yeah, that. Yeah. On top of that big monster. And then they crash that monster. Yeah. Into that, into that room I am, or into the grand central. Yeah. I am not afraid yeah. to admit that during that scene, I openly went, woo in the theater I was loving it and my wife looks at me like she goes you have just lost your mind and I said I I said out loud I said I'm sorry but this freaking rules and I got like a nice little round of applause from a few people um, we don't need to there's read hard, yeah there's hardly a better yeah. collaboration scene yeah other than that that yeah. is that is top notch we don't need to rehash absolutely top notch absolutely we don't need to rehash the story the casting um, that should be in my opinion Marvel's we don't want to say the Avengers because some people may think you're talking about the Ralph Fine Uma Thurman endeavor from <laughs> the mid 90s um, we're talking which who could forget uh, brother <laughs> trash wasn't um, Sean Connor Yes, dressed up oh, as a pink woof. teddy bear. Yeah, it's garbage. Um, it, the girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, Marvel's The Avengers uh, should be on everybody's top five list, in my opinion. I, you know what? Uh, so they I, sit. Num- <laughs> they sit number three on mine. Awesome. Well, I think that that is that movie uh, was in and out of my list a ton. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't. And I battled over it only mm-hmm. because I only had the five spots. Yeah. And I figured I would hit the spirit of it with my number two pick. Okay. Okay. But, um, and, uh, but anyway, yeah. So my number two pick is. No, I need your number three. Oh, oh, okay. You're on two. That's right. Oh, Iron Man. The first Iron Man. Okay. The first Iron Man. Okay. You know, I gave my criteria, right? You did. These are the movies that keep me in. Yeah. And I, you want to talk about rewatchability for that for me Mm -hmm. now. You know, we kind of mentioned it at the beginning of, or did we? I don't know. Were we recording at that point? But the um, Terrence Howard, the Terrence Howard, my friend, <laughs> my friend and mentor Tony Stark. Tony, get I, on, Tony, get on up Tony, here. Tony, Tony, what are you doing, Tony? Tony, Tony, that better not be you flying up there at supersonic speeds. <laughs> Casting mistake. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and, and fixed. Fact, I think, we should say casting yeah. mistake, mistake fixed. <laughs> yeah, that was incredibly fixed. About how long do you think it took in the first screening Ooh. of that? I'm going to say about 10 minutes before someone, again, at Disney Executive, pen and paper is like, Terrence Howard out. <laughs> <laughs> someone give me Don Cheadle's phone number, please. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't do this from the start. Oh, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so Don Cheadle, let's talk about, I mean, Don Cheadle, the Iron Man 2 essentially like intros Iron Man 2. He is Colonel Rhodes. Um, Don Cheadle is he, Colonel 100% Rhodes. 100% yeah. Colonel, Colonel Rhodes. Rhodes. I can't imagine uh, War oh. Machine uh, as Taren- with Terrence Howard next, in the, in the, ne- next in the driver's time, seat. Next time, baby. Next time, baby. <laughs> next time, baby. No, there is no next time for nope, you. Nope, nope, no, there's not. No, there's no. Nope, nope. <laughs> but I tell you, when it, when it comes to like that scene, the origin story of how... You know, the cave, the build, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, um, 
you know, the arms deal, you know, him like figuring out that he's not meant for this. He's figuring out he's not meant to be what in a system of no accountability. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's totally been okay with it. I, I, that always has stuck with me. Uh, there are plenty of things to talk about that are wrong with that movie. Like I want an American cheeseburger and he goes and gets Burger King. Um, well, that's an American <laughs> cheeseburger. Well, I, uh, okay. So can I give you, just, can uh, I, can, I'm going to give you a frame of reference. So, uh, okay, uh, but uh. hold on. No, no, no. I, I, I th- this, this, this helps. This helps. So <laughs> I, I, I know a guy who, uh, served as a Marine in Afghanistan Okay. And he, he saw, and this show is not, it's a, this isn't a downer, but, uh, he saw a lot and, right, and, of course, and, yeah. and, and had to do a lot. And I think our listeners can fill in the blanks on that. When I asked him, I said, dude, I said, what, as he's sharing with me, this, the stuff that he had to do is, is a Marine in battle has to do. Right. Uh, I asked him, I said, what were you looking forward to the most when you got home to, to the United States. Mm-hmm. He looked at me right in the face. He said, I wanted an American cheeseburger and I got a Big Mac and I okay. could, and I could not stop eating Big Macs. That's an American cheeseburger, man. All right. That's you an American what? cheeseburger. Burger King okay. is an American cheeseburger. I, you I get where and you're of coming course from. I don't have, of course, I don't have that frame of reference. I get where you're all. coming from, though, but <laughs> I would probably want to go something maybe a little bit fancier. But, dude, this hey. is America. We love our fast food, man. We love That's, our you fast know, it's food. It's true. It does embody it. <laughs> But you know, <laughs> and he's wolfing those Burger King cheeseburgers down too. Oh, man. he's he wolfing like them, eight, like four of them. Yeah, like he had man. like four of them in that scene. Yeah. Um. But I tell you, when it comes to a movie that, you know, when we, when why this podcast even is a thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, it could be started from a lot of a lot of you know, it could be from a lot of things other than what it is today. Like you know. But my love for Marvel, my love for that movie, the MCU, the and the DCEU at this point. But my love for the MCU, one hundred percent, started with Iron Man. Well, that's what that's what Marvel put all the chips on the table with was was Iron Man, and it in- was a film that could ended that could have stopped. It, there could have yeah. been nothing else, and they set it up that way. They said, you know what, this is going to be a this can be. We need to make sure this can be a solo film. And just in case. Yeah. Well, Marvel had, unfortunately, uh, you know, DC had been very successful in a lot of their standalone movies. Obviously, you had the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Right. You had the Tim Burton Batman. Uh, You had the one Joel Schumacher Batman. Batman Forever made a lot of money. It was a very popular movie. And, uh, you know, Batman and Robin. Batman Begins, what had come out before. Batman Begins, and uh, which, you know... um, Fantastic. So, but Marvel had signed, unfortunately, pretty crappy licensing deals to get in a fever pitch to get their stuff on film. They, yep. they signed away X-Men. They signed away Spider-Man. They signed away the Fantastic Four. Uh, yep. And even though 20th Century Fox has been, you know, for the most part, for the most part, 
successful with the X-Men franchise. Uh, Sony has bumbled Spider-Man to the point that it's now a joint venture with with Marvel. Uh, Fox yeah. has bumbled the Fantastic Four three times now. And so, it's just to keep the series, though. Yeah. It's nothing so, else other than to keep the rights. So Marvel had to look at, like, who do we have? And, and yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah, and if Iron Man had been a bust, if it had fallen apart, or if it even had just been a medium hit, and, and I know it's been said a, a hundred times, betting on Robert Downey Jr. at the time did not look like a safe bet. And at some point, <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah. It, and at some point, uh, we, we will probably give our top five, you know, best casting for, Castings, for yeah. uh, and, and Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Hundred percent. I don't know if he ever stops being Tony Stark. He just—he was Tony Stark before he walked in that yeah, building. He, yeah. The way, just yeah. Anyway, I because that's a whole other show, and I'd love to do that series because we are we're going to do a top five casting for sure. Um, but but yeah, Iron Tony Man's Stark, a good pick, when, man. That's a good when pick. he walks when he walks on that screen, um, for the first time and the last time, that dude does not stop being nope. Tony Stark and mm. Iron Man all in the one. And when he reveals that he's Iron Man, what a change of pace that we've seen from every movie that mm-hmm. had come up since. And you talked about the X-Men movies, Batman Begins. Um, every movie was wrapped around secret identity. Uh, and when you talk about movie crowds are very different than comic book crowds, right? Like those yeah. are two different crowds. They merge a little in the middle, but there there are stark differences there. And to, and end, to end that movie with I am Iron end, Man. To yeah. end a movie that you that you give away your yep. give away your whole thing, you have set the stage. You have then broken character. Yeah. You have broken out of the box. Uh anyway. No, Iron that's, Man, that's a good my pick. number two. I like it, man. I like it. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. All right, so my number two uh, is one that I just rewatched uh, this week. This is my two and three flip-flopped a couple times. Uh, my, oh, number yeah. two, my number two, uh, number two with a bullet, Frank Miller's Sin City comes in at number hmm. two. Uh, okay. That right. is a, if you have read anything Sin City, that is a comic book on your screen. Um, this, yeah. And, and, yeah. And every, in all the cool ways that Ang Lee's Hulk was not. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, Sin, Sin City uh, is, again, not a superhero story. It's very much set in this, you know, fictional world called Basin City. If you haven't read Sin City or, or um, watched the seen movie, the movie yeah. seen the movie. Uh, uh, an ensemble cast that literally blows my mind every time I watch it. Uh, yeah. Mickey Rourke as Marv, still just uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, what I love about Sin City is not the uber violence. It is a violent film. Definitely not one for the kids. It, it's there's so many things about that movie from. Robert Rodriguez, the movie actually has three directors, Robert Rodriguez, Frank Miller, and Quentin Tarantino directed a scene right. in that movie as well, too. Uh, there's just the way it's filmed. If you were to take uh, the three different stories, because the, the Sin City stories are a collection of graphic novels. So it's not that that interconnect, but it's not really a continuing story, I guess, is what I'm wanting to say is that if you were to open up a Sin City graphic novel and sit there and look at it and then look at your screen and then look at that, you are literally watching the same thing. Yeah. 
it's, page for page almost. It was uh, taken from that. Book. Absolutely. And the performances from Mickey Rourke to Brittany Murphy to Clive Owen to Benicio Del Toro to Bruce Willis to even Tarantino managed to get a performance out of Michael Madsen. I don't know how he did it. Quentin Tarantino can't do it, but somehow Robert Rodriguez got him to do it. Is just, Nick Stahl uh, is just you hate that guy, he's only even on the screen oh, yeah. for like maybe 12, 15 minutes at the most. Elijah Wood is this weird cannibal. What a, what a, yeah, yeah what a character. Uh, yeah. Rutger Hauer, Powers That was on the heels of, uh, of Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, in in you know, it's, uh, Carla Cugino who, you know, yowza. Um, <laughs> she is sexy beyond sexy. And it just... Such a, a great film. I love the soundtrack to that movie. Uh, Robert Rodriguez tends to write a lot of his own music for his movie. So if you've seen, you know, uh, obviously Planet Terror, he wrote the music yeah. for that. He wrote it for Sin City. Uh, yeah. There's a... Uh, I can't really talk too much about the story because it's very, very no, R. It's, uh, it's very R rated. Um, but nothing about that story we can really kind of yeah, replicate. I, I on will a, on a podcast, so we like to keep clean. I, absolutely. <laughs> what I will say is this, though: that if uh, if you're looking for a comic book movie that's going to have some over the top goofiness to it, but have a kind of fifties era noir style, the dialogue. Um, very similar the narration. Yeah. yeah. The narration. Yeah. Um, there are two different cuts of the movie. There's a the theatrical cut and then there is the recut edition. Um, I like to recommend the theatrical cut. The recut takes the four different stories and presents them as four different stories in the movie that each have their own opening and ending credits. I don't know who made that decision. That sucks. That's a Tarantino thing. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's gotta be a Tarantino I don't, thing. I don't, that sucks. Um, it, it, it kills the flow of the movie and it's one of those movies too. It has, I, I think like 24 or 30 minutes more of extra footage. It's one of those rare instances where that stuff should have stayed on the cutting room floor because you didn't need it. Uh, right. and so I, I recommend the theatrical version of sin city, uh, yeah. great movie, avoid the sequel, not just, yeah. one of those things. I didn't see it. I didn't even, I didn't even it, well, really, if, if I, you're, I didn't want to see if it. If you're a Netflix sub subscriber, it's on Netflix right now. It's called no. sin city, a dame to kill for. Uh, mm. it is a prequel in, in some sense of the terms to sin city 11 years later for a sequel. Um, to, you know, sin city came out in 2005, Mm, you know, but Sin City comes in at my number two. It's a great movie. Every every time I watch it, it's not when I watch frequently, but when I do, when it's over, I just sit there. I'm like, wow, that is yeah. just it's excellent storytelling. And it's a commitment by the filmmakers to say, we're going to put you into a comic book. And yeah. very much like 300, they do that. And, yeah. and, and, it, and it's no you know, similarity that's Frank Miller. On Frank both. Miller yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> who's, uh, who's probably one of the greatest comic book writers of all time. Um, so yeah, that's my number two is sin city. Wow. Yeah. All right, I was man. just looking at, I was just looking at the, the, the spirit as well that came out, uh, not too long after that. Yeah. One day. It was yeah. Directed by Frank Miller and written, mm -hmm. written again by Frank Miller. Um, kind of, I remember seeing that in the theater and I thought it was kind of cool, but try to try to try to capture that. Yeah. Um, that look really tried of, to, yeah. of sin city. I think it's one of those with the spirit. I think it was one of those things where, you know, we, we saw 
the way the special effects were used in Sin City, which relies heavily on green screen, you have to for the way the movie oh, is made. 100%, yeah. But yet when you watch it, you don't feel like you're watching something on green screen. You you just feel like you've just been transported into... And a comic book. Yeah, it sounds like a broken record. Yeah, I'm, I'm inside a comic book and it's pretty freaking cool. The uh, glass on Elijah Wood's glasses have that mirror yes. chrome finish yeah. and it's a very comic book how you draw glasses on people yep. that have reflection mm-hmm. you don't see anything behind it you only see the reflection on the glass yep. Yep. and you really never see his eyes and i think that's there was such a that among many other things but that for me always stuck out as that comic book tribute 100 yeah. percent to to see that just so uh so so respectful of the source material and it, it probably helps that the creator was a co-director but oh, yeah, we, sure. we we've often seen though that sometimes the creator of a work when he tries to take it from whether it's a whether it's a comic book or a book um, right. like a novel tries to take it to another medium they don't really know what to do um and they they they're in over their head i feel like that may have been part of the problem with the spirit is you know frank miller did have two established directors, you know, in Tarantino and Rodriguez kind of, kind of guiding. It's like, "Mm, like what you're doing here, Frank, but we may need to pull back where with the spirit, Frank was kind of given full reign. And, um, yeah, you know, at at least in my opinion, the spirit is a fun movie, but feels hit and miss at times. Yeah. I, you know what? It was a cool, it was just a cool movie, I think. And that was about it. Like, Oh, neat. That's cool. Yeah. Next. <laughs> All right, man. You guys want to go get dinner or what? Yeah. All right, dude. We've reached number one. I have a feeling we're going to agree on this one, but yeah, uh, well, I know you number made, one is the same way on both. On no, on no curveballs for me. Okay. So All right. no, it's the same movie. What's it's the movie one? that sparked this conversation? All right. What is it? It's the Dark Knight. It man. is. It's my number one as well, too. The it's Dark, the dark Knight. Knight. The Dark Knight. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you, you people may want to call us Batman fanboys. I will gladly accept that moniker because Batman okay. is Batman is awesome. Um, why is it your number one? Tell me why. Uh, an amazing sequel. Number one. I uh, you, you and I and I have to watch all three of these movies together. And I watched, uh, you know, I tried to fight it. I did. I watched um, I watched the Batman or I'm sorry, Dark Knight Return, um, Dark Knight Rises uh, last night, actually. Oh, OK. The third movie with yeah. Bane. Mm-hmm. And I'm, f- I'm familiar with that one. Oh, you, you are. Yeah, I've seen okay. it. Well, it. It came out in 2012. I think. Uh, I think. I, I think. I have a Blu-ray copy buried did you, somewhere. Did you? Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. Dust it off. Give yeah. it. A, give it a watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I watched two things in that movie. You know, Anne Hathaway's performance in the Oh, Dark she's Rises. she's fantastic. Unbeatable. Honestly, I don't. Okay, side note here because we don't want to go too long on this, but I, I don't. Know, I don't but... get. I don't get the Anne Hathaway hate. I. I think she is. A there's beautiful, Anne Hathaway hate? Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't like her. I think she is a stunningly beautiful woman who can act and sing. And if, if you, it, if, I don't know if you've seen Les Mis. I haven't seen it, but I know it's like. She will bring you to yeah. tears. Okay. I cried yeah. watching her. I'm not afraid to admit. I'm like, hey. she is breaking my heart. Mission wow. accomplished. That, okay. that girl can act. And she, it, her Selena Kyle nailed it. nailed it okay so yeah so unless she's an absolute tool to people on set and like just a just a just like the the devil outside of every other situation other than on screen i guess then then we hate her right but um two scenes in particular that 
Anne Hathaway wins in. I know we're talking about a different movie altogether, but I have mm-hmm. to mention these movies. Um, when she, when the arrow gets shot, uh, that when she sneaks into Bruce Wayne's drawing room mm-hmm. and he shoots an arrow very near to her face. Yes. And she does this surprise turnaround of, and she's covering her mouth and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then he calls her out on those pearls and she just slinks slinks out that window slinks right into that role of like well no one told me it was an unbreakable safe yeah she's like <laughs> she's selena and kyle just man silently yep i mean just silently flips out that window mm-hmm. um and then well, the and second the, scene and, and yeah. right, let, let's be a little let, let's be boys here the the way <laughs> We'll keep it PG, but the, the way she leaves the window, she does like this. She, she does this little turn with her legs as she Mm -hmm. goes out and I'm like, Oh dear Lord, (laughs) she can, well, she's sexy. She wants to throw the sexy out. Yeah. Well, cause I mean, Catwoman. I know we're supposed to be talking the dark woman. I know we're supposed to be talking the dark night, but that is Catwoman. She, this is honorable mention. Number one, dark night rises. Yeah. That's going to be on my list as well too. I got, I got five on my honorable mention, but, um, Selena Kyle's supposed to be sexy. Catwoman mm-hmm. is supposed to yeah. be sexy. Yeah, she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer did it the first time. She was fantastic as well, too. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, okay. So that was the first scene. The second scene is when they were in the bar and she's screaming her head off when the cops break in after oh, she's already yeah, yeah. set up that whole screen and she's yes. screaming her head off yeah, and then she just immediately switches again. I just, yeah. anyway, honorable yeah. mention number one for and, me. And, and can I just Dark add Knight Rises. Her, her riding the bat pod? I... Come on. Oh, now. like, yeah. On. Awesome. Yes. All right. Uh, All right. So the dark, dark night. night, the dark, dark night. night. Yeah. All right. I know the movie starts just the movie starts the best way a movie can start for me. And it starts just this slow intro and that Hans Zimmer score, mm-hmm. right? Hans Zimmer. Yes. Um, and he's got that single violin note. Mm-hmm. that appears all every, and he does a magical thing with that score um because every time the joker is near the screen or on screen or in the scene that note that just that mm-hmm. eerie violin note just running in the background and you see that clown mask and they're picking and they end up picking up Heath Ledger or they pick up the joker yeah they don't know he's the joker yeah, but they he, pick yeah. up the joker in a mm-hmm. van and they go to the bank and they rob the bank and um they set in the way it's set up where each, each bad guy kills the next bad guy, like all the way to the end of that sequence in the bank. Yeah. It's like, this person's supposed to kill this person. Like you're supposed to kill them after they finish that job. And it just, it's so Joker. It's so Joker the way that's set up. It is. Yes. It's, it's amazing. He's robbing a bank and he doesn't care about money, Nope. but he's only doing it because everyone else cares about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when we first see Heath Ledger in that, in those moments, uh, I love it. Yeah. It's, it, you know, again, it's for me, the dark Knight. you know, is, is number one as well too. And, and that's what, that's what did spawn this whole conversation. Cause I text you and I'm like, I said, is the dark Knight the greatest comic book movie ever? And it was, and it was the night that I was watching it. Yeah, man. And, uh, Again, for for me, it it puts me into a Batman comic now, mm-hmm. a more realistic, um, reality based Batman than you know some yeah. of, some of the more outrageous. Definitely not fantastical by any no. by any measure. I 
again, I mean, you, you could spend countless podcast episodes talking about the Dark Knight, and and yes, oh, yeah. he yes, and Heath Ledger's Joker. We spent a lot of time talking about the Joker last week. There, there's so many other things about this movie that that just um, absolutely draw me in. It 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 wraps up the ending of Batman Begins when mm-hmm. he when he catches the scarecrow, He's chasing you, the scarecrow and mm-hmm. drops from that yeah. lands on the roof of that van and yeah. everything busts out. So Absolutely, cool. Uh, so cool to the Batman copycats to Bruce Wayne openly admitting that he does not want to do this forever. Right. And, uh, he's in love. I mean, he is as distant as he has to stay away from it. He's still in love and he's, he's got this dream that he can, I can lay down the cowl. I don't have Mm -hmm. to do this all the time. I can, I can lay it down and I, and I found the right girl to do it with and I just got to time it right. Rachel. Yeah. And you know, Jason (laughs) Eckhart, his performance is Harvey Dent is, is tragic. Uh, it's tragic. Aaron, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. Aaron Eckhart. Uh, it's tragic. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, losing Rachel. Yeah. You know, I, I think that for me, what really wraps up The Dark Knight as being the greatest comic book movie of all time. And it's going to take a lot, at least in my opinion, to unseat it. Yeah. Is we can talk about the casting. Christian Bale, excellent as Bruce Wayne, excellent as Batman. Yeah, I'm with you. Michael Caine is Alfred. <laughs> you know, Commissioner Gordon, Harvey Dent, Maggie Gyllenhaal, much better than, than Katie Holm as, as Rachel. Obviously, Heath Ledger's performance. All of those are so outstanding. It was the reverence in which those characters were portrayed and taking Batman to Hong Kong, you know, that mm-hmm. border, borders don't matter to him to, you know, the love that he has for Rachel, uh, the love that commissioner Gordon has for his family, you know, when they go, when it, when, yeah, again, we're going to spoiler alert when uh, <laughs> when when you think that Commissioner Gordon has been has been killed and yeah. you know, they go to, to deliver the news to his wife and right and and Batman goes along and is kind of which is a scene that harkens back to Batman Begins because he's sitting on yeah. the same stool, you know, right. same ledge uh, that he did in Batman Begins when he yep. um and and so he's there to give his condolences and she looks at him she's like you know tells her like this is your fault. Right. And that's what gets him thinking. This is my fault. And I, what gets me is obviously the, the, the most famous quote that, you know, you live long enough to become the villain, um, which is, you know, played off in, in some ways in, in Dawn of Justice, where Batman has yeah. become the villain. Yeah, he's lived long enough to become that villain. He's lived in, and he tells Alfred, we're, we've always been criminals. And yeah. he, he tells Alfred that in kind of his own way in the dark night. That's like, I'm yeah. trying to do what's right, but. I'm breaking the law to stop people from breaking the law. Yeah. But that end scene where he, you know, commissioner, well, yeah, he was commissioner at that point, uh, tells his son, he, he will be whatever we need him to be. Right. Exactly. Right. And, um, that scene always chokes me up and the acting is so superb because, you know, Batman has been Gary Oldman. Number one. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) but I mean, Batman has been shot. He has fallen. He just, he, he fought wild dogs. He just, he's obviously concussed because he, he fell when he tackled Harvey, you know, to say, um, 
he is falling apart. He's beat up. I mean, Batman takes a butt whipping in that movie quite he just a bit. Faced off with the Joker. Yeah, and and people forget that the Joker is a hand to hand combatant. He just he takes a beating mostly because he kind of gets off on it, but he knows yeah. how to fight. And if you read the Batman comics, he has gone toe to toe with Batman. He he usually oh, yeah. he usually loses, but he, he enjoys the beating. And again, yeah, he goes when, after it when he takes that beating in the jail. So he's like, Ooh, look at you go. I mean, it's just like unbridled Batman. You don't just, start with the head. It, it yeah. always makes the always makes the victim fuzzy. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that scene where, you know, Batman is stumbling and he's struggling and the cops are after him and he's just, you know, and he says he will be whatever we need him to be. And right. he is our dark knight. And just that boom, 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 boom yeah. music. And then just a bat pot at the end, just boom. You know, and he takes off and then the character disappears for 10 years. Yeah. Right. So there's a 10, well, three years for the movie to come out, but storyline wise, like seven to 10 years, seven to 10 years. And when we get to dark Knight rises, that beating that he took in the dark Knight, unbelievable toll. Yeah. And, and it's the mental toll. He lost Rachel. He has taken on the responsibility of murder from Harvey Dent, who he believed in. And if you remember one of the taglines for that movie, a lot of, a lot of people always remember, you know, the why so serious, but the, the other one was, I believe in Harvey Dent was, I believe in Harvey. yeah. Yeah. And so, um, again, we could spend weeks talking about the dark Knight. (laughs) It is hands down, the best comic book movie of all time. And it's going to, uh, yeah. And it's going to take something, uh, and, and for a while I leaned more towards Batman begins, uh, than I did the dark Knight. Um, the more I started just kind of absorbing the dark Knight, the more I was like, this is the greatest of all time. Now I will say Batman begins. If we're going to reference the dark Knight rises and some of those great moments there, great scene that I love from Batman begins that, just just awesome the way it was shot filmed is as you know scarecrow's gas is taking over the the right. island off of off of gotham and they've closed the bridges and and it's lieutenant gordon at the time yeah he's standing at the bridge and and you know the commissioner's yelling at him send send someone send them all in there and and you know and lieutenant gordon goes we goes who who's who am i gonna send there is nobody and then all of a sudden the tumbler goes like yeah, behind yeah. him and just jumps, you know, it's like, what a cool, what a cool Batmobile. Too. Yeah, dude. It just, that, that scene where he's like, well, who are we going to send or, or who are we going to, and it's just the tumbler. The tumbler crashes through and just, you know, jumps, jumps the, 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 the river there and lands yeah. on the Island and, and, uh, also has, which fanboys need to remember. And when they get upset at <laughs> the killing that Batman does and Dawn of justice, when he tells Raz al Ghul, I don't have, I don't, I, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. But I don't have to save you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, fanboys. He killed Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He allowed him to die. And Definitely so. did. Uh, yeah. But it haunts mm-hmm. him too. And that's what's mm-hmm. cool about that is that even in the third movie, yeah. we see Ra's al Ghul, uh, great Liam Neeson. Oh, by the uh, way. Yeah. Again, talk about perfect casting. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul. Come back at the end of, at the end of uh, the, or not the end, but toward the, toward the end of the third in a, movie. In a vision. Yeah. In, in a vision to him vision. Mm-hmm. and talks to him. Um, you know, it haunts, it does haunt him. Yeah. Uh, at least to that level. Because he was a, feeling he, that way. Well, he was a mentor. You know, oh, of course, yeah. you know, yeah. So the dark Knight, hands down 
You, you could almost take the, the Dark Knight trilogy and, and make them into one I, movie. I, you know, and that's you know? what's so tough yeah. is like I looked at a lot of movies that I had like three movies to. Um, and I, the Dark Knight, I tell you, I after watching the Dark Knight Rises last night, I, um, man, I, I really do love that movie. And it didn't make it in my top five, I know, because I think the Dark Knight embodies almost everything that has to do with that trilogy. So it's almost like a, a very much an honorable mention. Batman Begins and Batman The Dark Knight mm-hmm. Rises or The Dark Knight Rises on either side of this because that trilogy makes The Dark Knight really mm-hmm. work. Yes. Um, but a standalone film, Heath Ledger's uh, amazing, outstanding performance uh, dude, as every, the Joker. Everybody's unbeatable. Right? Everybody's just, performance, man. I mean, I know that Ledger gets so much of the lion's share. Well, everybody's yeah. performance was so good. Right. Everybody. And, yeah. I'm, I hear you. I'm, I'm giving credit where credit's yeah, due, but I, yeah. I hear you. Um, but nothing be in. And if you're telling me you're not ch- at the end of the third in the third movie, if you're not choking up with Michael Caine. Oh, yeah. He's burying Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm getting chills. Yeah. Well, if you're you not know, choking up watching Michael yeah. Caine cry. Well, he's telling you, I failed you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't yeah. even say that. I'm going to start to cry right now. It's <laughs> terrible. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of emotion, you know, all anyway. through all, all throughout all three films. You know I mean? But even you, you buy in in those first two movies, and The Dark Knight yeah. just still just stands alone as one of the best, and well, to me, the best. I, I would say, you know, even, you know, when you find out that, that the child that was escaping the prison wasn't Bane. Right. Yeah. That in that emotional tie between Bane and, and Talia. Um is emotional. Oh, that was that the role switch almost at yeah. the end of that movie when when mm-hmm. he looks at her and she's taking care of him. Yeah. Um. What a relationship mm-hmm. that you didn't expect to see because you see this mastermind of Bane uh, and the organization of Bane and then you're so, like so different than than the Joker. That it calculating. Yeah. To, Bane is calculated. He's planning. He's it's not just a dog well, chasing a and car. Batman you know? fears Bane. Batman is scared of Bane. And again, that's where that's where it talks about what I'm talking about, like with the with honoring the source material. I look at my top five and I look at your top five and and all of them honor the source material. They're all yeah. They, they all honor and and Batman fears very little. He doesn't even fear Superman. Nope. He fears Bane. He's scared to death. Yeah. So, all right, give me some of your honorable but, mentions, man. Anyway, okay, we already mentioned uh, a couple of them, obviously. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Honorable mentions for me. I'll just rattle them off. Yeah, we, um, don't, have, we don't have to dig into them. Because we're not going to dig into them at all. Yeah. Um, Spawn is an honorable mention for me. Oh, oof, that's on my top five worst. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> now, again, okay, that's I, all right, though. List, that's all right. Hey, that's all right, man. That's, it's, it's not a great... Uh, admittedly, I will admit this, obviously. Okay. When it's you mo- sit down and watch this movie now, yeah. woof. It does. Yes. Okay. John Leguizamo as that clown oh, moving himself. The con- the the graphics. Everything it look, else. It looks like the whole- hey. It looks like the comic. I'm going to give them it, that. They true. They stay true to that yes. for sure. Yeah, no, there's no question. Um, but when it comes to movies that have that captured my attention as okay. a, as a kid that pulled me in that said this is comic books. I I seeked out Spawn comic okay. books because of Spawn. All right, I can accept that. Um, all right, you got Spawn. What else you got? All right, um, Blade Two's in there for me. Oh yeah, good one. Yeah, dude, I I love Blade Two. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wesley Snipes, what a what a what a crack up. Yeah, yeah, Blade <laughs> Two is really good. Um, obviously, yeah. Avengers was in there for me. Uh, rare, rare case of of Blade Two actually being better than the original two. By the way, 
I think it's a, I, that's why yeah, I liked Blade the, Two. The, the sequel is better than the original. I was yeah. so much a fan of Blade mm. Two. I I liked Blade, but I liked Blade Two. Yeah. Um, I have some others listed here. One of them's a one of them's an animation, um, that I know will rank later. But one of the the animation that I that I absolutely loved that we kind of killed out was uh, or two the Phantom Menace. Uh, the Batman Fan- Star Wars. No, wait, hang on. Mask the of the Phantasm. Mas- mas- the, the, what am I doing? The today? Phantom Menace. <laughs> I had to work today, John. <laughs> the Phantom Menace. Star Wars, one of the best comic book adaptations of all time. <laughs> if you haven't stopped listening by now, you have turned off this podcast. <laughs> the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you mean mask of the Phantasm. i do mean yeah, mask I, of the phantasm okay. that's all right <laughs> that's phantom embarrassing man. that's all right i'm gonna leave it in but that's embarrassing okay all right Matt, that, uh, mask that, of the phantasm. That, that's a good animated movie yeah absolutely and uh under the red hood was my second okay um honorable mention of okay. animation so some of my honorable mentions are uh x-men days of future past um yeah, yeah. the quintessential x-men movie um unfortunately followed up with the tragic x-men apocalypse well, uh, just consistency right like, no well, yeah, timeline man make, continuity yeah make All a good way. make a good one and then fart um <laughs> so the next one should be good uh iron man is another one of my honorable mentions of course nice uh the watchman director's cut i want to be very okay. speci- i want to be very specific on that the mm-hmm. watchman director's cut the theatrical cut is okay have you read the watchman i've read it yeah okay not easy to adapt to <laughs> to film Okay. Well, the reason, I mean, you had pacing in the comic oh. and there's so many things cool about that oh, comic. Dude, that a lot there of people is don't realize. so much going on colors. in that comic book. Oh my god. The gosh. colors alone yeah. were very mm-hmm. specific. Yeah. The way that the panels were laid out three by three every single yep. time. I mean, it is um, the most intentional comic book ever written. Yeah. You know, um, and a fantastic read, uh, not an easy read. I find Wait. myself, um, I, I have, yeah, I have, obviously <laughs> I have, you know, the graphic novel edition, but yeah, I find myself sometimes rereading panels. I'm like, okay, I know I missed something <laughs> in here. Um, but yeah, uh, the direct, I, it's very specific Watchmen director's cut. Uh, the yeah. theatrical cut is okay. Um, yeah, I know I'm going a little Zack Snyder heavy, you, mm. you know, chew on it. Uh, <laughs> Watchmen director's cut uh, is really good. Um, you mentioned the crow. I want to throw that one in there as an honorable mention as well too. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so there you go. There's our top fives, man. So mine top were five. Mine were again before we wrap it up. Were uh, number five, three hundred. Number four, Spider Man two. Number three, Marvel's The Avengers. Number two, Frank Miller's Sin City. And number one, The Dark Knight. Mm. What were yours again? Good list. Uh, mine were the Rocketeer, Dread, the Crow, Iron Man, and of course, Dark Knight. That's a good list too, man. Man, that's, good list today. That's that's nine solid comic book movies. Very solid, right? Because I mean, we share the Dark Knight, so yeah, no, very um, solid. Yeah, those are those are excellent, excellent comic book movies. Again, we know our show is PG. Be be aware, you know, Dread, Three Hundred, Sin City. <laughs> Most of these movies are not. <laughs> they're not PG rated, but they're still fun nonetheless. Yeah. And and hopefully, um, you know, when I look at when I look at my list here, um, if you are listening to this podcast and you're you you love and apparently you love comics and you love comic movies, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know why you would listen to this yeah. com- com- podcast if you hated both. <laughs> hopefully, you know, especially with you know 
kind of your more out of the way comics like Dread, like 300, Sin City, Rocketeer. Uh, and then in the honorable mention side, The Crow. Um, hopefully it maybe encourages you to kind of maybe step out of the, the realm of just simply superheroes because mm-hmm. uh, there are a number of phenomenal, well, even The Watchmen aren't, aren't your typical superheroes. Um, right. um, so hopefully it maybe encourages you to kind of stray into the independent side of your local comic book store uh, because there are some really awesome, awesome non-superhero independently published stories that are really, really freaking cool, man. Absolutely, dude. Um, and let us know your list, man. If you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, I got to give these two knuckleheads my list. <laughs> <laughs> you can email that list to us. We'll talk about it when we, when we do our next show, reasonablefanboys at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at RFBPC, Reasonable Fanboys Podcast Ad- uh, on Twitter, but RFBPC. Um, you can tweet me your list. I will more than happily repost it <laughs> if you want that. And uh, we'll talk about it and, and, and figure out why you loved those movies so much. Absolutely, man. Well, cool, dude. I think, I think that's can, it for me. Yeah, I think we can call it. I think we can call it. Man. Thank you guys for listening, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks again, everybody. My name is Ryan. I am John. We, you have been listening to Reasonable Fanboys. Have a great night. See ya.